0: and the news, bringing us in this week on the Home Wrecker Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I am the Golden Greek, Alex Arion, and I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife, Monique. Hi, baby doll. How you doing?
1: Hi. I am fabulous. Awesome. Yeah.
0: I'm glad to hear it. Me too. Yeah. So what's new with you this week?
1: Well, we had a fun little trip taking the kids to the beach. That was exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was all right.
1: I guess it's what's new with us, I should say. But yeah, the kids had fun and our littlest, ah, littlest one didn't want to stop running around the beach and went halfway <laughs> down the entire beach just running.
0: Yeah, just running, randomly Going into other people's little spaces and <laughs>
1: playing with other kids' toys and just screaming,
0: to. yelling. He had two buckets in his hands the whole time oh, too, yeah, just running with these yeah. two buckets. Just, I don't know where he gets the energy, to be young again. I know. I gotta drink like three cups of coffee a day now just to keep up. It's crazy.
1: We were like that once when we were young. I'm sure.
0: I'm sure everybody yeah. when they're when they're first born. They're yeah. Anyhow, how are you doing with your workouts and everything? All that stuff still going really well?
1: Yeah, it's going well. I had to take a little break because we mentioned in a previous show, I burned my fingers. So I was unable to do a bunch of stuff, but I still did my walks. And now I'm back on track feeling better.
0: Awesome. Very good. Very, very good. Yeah. Good stuff.
1: Yes. And I'm making some new types of workouts that I'm really excited to do different exercises and it's really fun, shaking things up, having fun,
0: that's good, yeah, it's all about having fun i I know a lot of people say, Oh, I can't get in shape, I can't work out, I can't exercise, it's not fun, well, yeah, it's not really. Supposed to be fun. I, I and I'll, I'll tell you right now. I think anybody that says, "Oh, working out's fun. It's a blast." I think you're full of it.
1: No. <laughs> I think okay. You're full of it. L- let me put it this way. <laughs> I hate working out. I get excited about the different exercises I'm going to do, especially when it's new. I'm going to try it, but then I go do it and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, why? Why did I put this down to do? Why am I doing this? This is so hard." So I end up kicking my butt. But it's good because I do it. I push myself. One of the exercises I had was unassisted chin-ups, reverse grip. And we have this band that I've been using to kind of help me so I could do more chin-ups.
0: So chin-ups is the exercise? Unassisted? Yeah. <laughs> chin-ups. The exercise is chin-ups. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love how you're making me sound like a wuss. But anyway.
0: No, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you sound like a wuss. You're like unassisted chin-ups. It's chin-ups. Well, I was explaining to the
1: listeners that I wasn't... I was using a band to kind of help me a little bit so I could do more. And now I'm not. So... So you're doing chin-ups. Yes, I'm doing chin-ups. All right. All right. (laughs) Carry on. Thank you. So I wanted to do so many in my set. And my very last one on my last set... It was so hard. My body's shaking. And I'm just like, Monique, pretend you're hanging off a cliff and you're going to die if you don't pull yourself up. And I and I was able to do it.
0: That's motivation right yeah. there. Yeah.
1: So just basically tell yourself you will die if you don't do this exercise and you'll get it.
0: Well, it's a good thing you're not a personal trainer. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. But do you yeah, no. 100 push-ups
1: or you're going to die.
0: Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I don't... I I've never thought working out and exercising was fun, but... It's not supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be fun. If you think about it, you're literally breaking down the muscles in your body in order to build them back up so that you can become stronger and bigger if that's your goal or you're trying to lose fat. Or you're trying to get smaller. It, whatever you're doing, whatever your goal is with the particular exercise, it's, you're essentially destroying what your current state is. So it's not really supposed to be fun. But it's all again perspective and how you look at things, I guess, right? Yeah. But anybody that says, "Oh, it's fun! I have a blast!" No, you don't. You're, you're lying.
1: It's fun when I'm writing it's up really my exercises fun. to do, and it's exciting. And then I'm actually doing them, and I'm like, oh, "Yeah."
0: The fun okay. part's when you look in the mirror and you and you like what you, you see. Exactly. That's, of that's a, the motivation. As a result of your hard work I and think dedication. The, and I and think discipline. the
1: hardest part is when you're working out and before you start really seeing results and you're busting your butt and there's really nothing to show for it, I think that's the hardest part for most people.
0: Yeah, but it's like anything else. The thing with working out, like the, the secret to all this is, it's like the secret to anything in life, being consistent and not giving up yeah. and just realizing that you're not going to... There's no such thing as a magic pill, a magic exercise. There's no magic drink. There's liposuction
1: there's, <laughs> and yeah, implants.
0: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but but again, those are temporary fixes. True. They're quick temporary fixes, but they're temporary nonetheless because you're going to just gain that weight back if you just go and get it all sucked out by a vacuum. But anyhow, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Just consistency. Doing what? the same stuff over and over and you'll eventually get somewhere. You're eventually going to get some yeah. results. But it's like that with everything. Do the life. work. do the work and you you get the results
1: (laughs) one thing that just popped in my head i was wondering i mentioned liposuction implants people have actually gotten like muscular type silicone implants in their bodies to look more muscular yeah and i always think when i hear about that or i see something like that on tv if you need to show your strength and people are going to think oh wow they're in shape this person's really strong look at those muscles and then you can't lift a certain amount of weight or you can't do something. It, it would just be kind of weird. It's
0: Well, like you're talking about like bodybuilders that get like calf implants and stuff like that because they can't put muscle on in those areas. No, talking about? no. Are you I'm talking, talking about? about
1: like regular Joe Schmo just wants to look more muscular, but doesn't want to work out.
0: Yeah, but again, that's a temporary thing. It's just because you get, for example, like I know, I know, I know somebody that got calf implants because mm-hmm. no matter what they did, they couldn't get their calves to grow. And I mean that's some people that's it's genetics it is what it is right but yeah you're right i mean but it's, it's, saying, a, yes, show muscle, it's a show muscle just for show Yeah. Not, i don't think anybody would get implants if they didn't work out no i mean i'm mean, I mean, i'm sure people would but i know years no ago point. i saw like, stuff what's on the, point?
1: the what is it the reality tv kind of channels oh, okay. and they had okay so like it was tv surgery. so it was probably Doctors. it was, it was no, all bs anyway people I'm come sure. in and they just wanted to look muscular but they didn't want to work out
0: newsflash reality tv is not really reality i'm aware they script all that nonsense the thought in
1: my head was wouldn't people know you're a fraud because you have fake muscles and you have no strength yeah
0: but again do you think anybody i mean who's gonna go in the gym and watch you work out if you as you say these people are getting implants and they're not even going to the gym who's gonna see them not be strong if they're not working out Then how's that even a problem? I'm just
1: saying, you know, you're a guy, you get these muscle implants, you go meet a girl, and she's like, oh, I fell, I need you to help me pick me up. And you can't even pick her up because... Well, the
0: thing with having big muscles, it doesn't necessarily mean you're strong anyway. I know that. And I think nowadays, most people know that. Because with stuff like MMA, where people fight for real, you see some of these like small guys, but they kick ass. Oh, yeah. Well... They will just... Beat you, know, they'll beat you, so it doesn't matter how big you are. Or if, if you're strong or if you know how to fight and take care of yourself, that's well, that's what matters.
1: Yeah, you don't need to have big muscles to have strength.
0: Right, and I mean, like I've seen guys and girls deadlift like three, four times their body weight. Like we're talking 600 pound deadlifts from a guy or a girl that weighs like 120, 130 pounds. So strength isn't muscles necessarily. I mean, I, under- yeah.
1: I understand that.
0: It's, the, the muscles that you see, like bodybuilders and stuff, that's all show. Like the, a lot of those guys, especially some of the bigger guys, they'll get winded and out of breath walking up the stairs. You know, walking up a flight of stairs in there, they got to stop and catch their breath. So it's not necessarily a good thing to be big and jacked. Quite the opposite most times anyway.
1: No, I, I understand that. I was just saying, though, it's like you're kind of a fraud. So if somebody expected you to have more strength. I'm kind
0: of a fraud. No, I know. What? I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're Random. kind of a
0: fraud. I'm like, well, I'm kind of a fraud. What are you talking about? How am not I a fraud? You.
1: The person with the fake muscles.
0: I was going to say, because I'm not big anymore <laughs> at all. <laughs> I know. At all. I've, I've shrunk down to my high school size. I'm I'm I weigh what I weighed when I was a high school senior now. So
1: Good for you. I know I was yeah. looking at pictures. There's an app on my phone called Time Hop. Yeah. And it'll pull pictures from X amount of years, like one year ago, two, three, four, ten years ago, whatever you have. Yeah. And I was looking at pictures from a few years ago and I was like, Wow, yeah, you're you're definitely a lot smaller now compared to A few years ago.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I I can't work out with weights or anything anymore. Yeah. I'm kind of limited in what I can and can't do now. But I decided, you know, I've been doing my walks and I've been really, really very strict with my diet and my eating Mm -hmm. and all that stuff for the last, geez, it's been almost four months now where I've been like super strict. Like no, I haven't strayed at all. Like not a cheat. I haven't had had a cheat bite. Never mind a cheat meal. Nothing. I've been completely strict. The most so. he'll
1: do is smell something.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll take a whiff, yeah. but that's it. Be like, oh yeah, that smells good. But the funny thing is now, it's I don't even have the cravings anymore because I just eliminated everything so i don't crave it
1: are there any foods no you miss well that not you crave? Really. no
0: no there's nothing and that's why like I, I know some people like family members and stuff like oh we'll try not to eat around you it's like no nah, i don't care it doesn't bother me yeah you can eat in front of me i don't, I don't care your
1: big thing is as long as you eat in your time window
0: yeah because i i practice uh, uh what's it called intermittent, intermittent fasting. fasting yeah so i'll do that but that's that's the only thing i just i, I give myself a certain amount of time to eat every day And then I don't eat before that or after that. That's it. And I try to stick to a certain number of calories. I I always hated counting calories, but the only time I ever really got results is when I actually was able to keep track of it and see my progress. So, yeah. No, you're doing great. Yeah. Thank you. So, anyhow, what are we going to talk about? Do you have it? Whoa, whoa, whoa. My bad. My bad. I'm jumping the gun a little bit. Positive thought for the week. Do you have one this week? Oh, I put you on the spot, didn't I? You thought I was going to forget and just jump right over I was just thinking, r- do you right I, I
1: want to do one off the fly or... Why not? ...some that I wrote up? Why
0: don't you stick one off the top of your head? You're well, a positive person. how about
1: we were talking about, you know, people can deadlift six times their weight, things like that. I think it's important people know you can do anything if you put your mind to it. You. You're not y- having any sugar you went so many months with totally changing your diet and you did it and you have great results and just remember you can do anything if you put your mind to it. Yes. Yes.
0: The mind is a very powerful thing. It
1: is. I think it's the most powerful thing. Mind it is. over matter.
0: Oh yeah, 100%. It's funny, I was I was having this conversation with our with our kids the other day. Just trying to get them to try to I don't want them to limit themselves. I want them to because me, myself, I was, I was fortunate that my parents kind of let me follow my dreams and, and do what I wanted to do uh, when I was younger. And I kind of always have been like that. I've always just, if I want to do something I, and I decide, I'm doing it. It's, it's getting done. Like, it doesn't matter. You know that. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to do it. It might take me a while. I but think part of that is anything, your stubbornness. Oh yeah, absolutely. Of course. But I I mean, I use my stubbornness to my advantage. I, you know, I I don't just give up easy. I don't give up until I get what I want until I get the result I want. So it does. Yeah. My stubbornness is definitely a, I, I, I use it as a positive, but yeah, I'm trying to get our kids to see that too. And I, I was just telling them the other day, you could do whatever you want because our middle one, he gets he gets a little negative sometimes. Yeah. He gets frustrated sometimes. And he'll he's say, so I can't. absolute. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, buddy, we're, we're not going to have dessert tonight. So I'll never have dessert again, ever. Never, ever. Never again. And we're looking at him like, no, just not tonight. You, you had it yesterday. We'll give you a dessert another night, not tonight. Or whatever. I'm, we're using that as an example, obviously. But yeah, he's so absolute. And he just, he, he immediately just, for whatever reason, he gets so negative and down for I don't know why. So I'm trying to, and he's five, so I'm sure he'll outgrow it, but I'm just trying to stay on. I'm like, no, don't say you can't. Say you can. And it's funny, every time he'll sit there, like, for example, earlier today he was getting dressed after we got back from the beach. He's he's putting some clothes on after getting out of the bathtub. And his, his shirt, he's trying to get his shirt on over his head, <laughs> and it's getting stuck on his head. And he's, he's looking at me, and he's going, I can't do it. I can't. And I'm like, just try again. He'll pull it off. He goes, to put it on. It gets stuck again in the same spot. <laughs> and he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I look at him. And I said, stop. Say, I can do it, and then try again. So he's looking at me, and he's frustrated. You can see his face is just angry. And he looks at me, and he goes, fine, I can do it. And then he, boom, slides it right on over his head. I'm like, there you go. If you say you can't do it, yeah. guess what? You're right. You can't because you've already decided I can't do it. So, yeah, I think just expanding on your positive thought, I think it's important to remember you can do whatever you put your mind to. You just have to stick with it because you're not always going to get that result right away. And, in fact, anything worth working for, any any kind of reward that is worthwhile in life, it takes time and it takes a lot of work and effort. And I think a lot of that, especially in today's society – Is lost because of the sense of entitlement everybody gets kids get trophies for just showing up never they don't put any work in they don't compete the competition it seems like is gone and and competition is healthy it's good that's what makes people better and it seems like that's just getting sucked out of society everybody just wants the quick fix the instant quick fix Yeah, people are worried about getting their feelings hurt and all this stuff. It's like, that's how you get better. As a mom- You learn from adversity. No, I understand. As
1: a mom, I never want my kids to feel pain and suffer. But at the same time, all the hardships that you go through, the pain that you feel, the sadness you feel, the disappointment, everything builds you up to a stronger person. So as hard as it is as a mom, me personally- to you know, let my kid fall and scrape his knee, I feel like it's important because he's got to learn. Well, you got to watch where you're going because you're going to trip and fall and scrape your knee. They need to learn those lessons themselves. We've yeah. talked about it before. Sometimes yep. when you're a kid, you just need to learn these lessons yourselves.
0: Yeah, and yeah, we've, we've talked about it before. Our parents baby their kids and stuff like that. Like, I think it's funny looking at our two-year-old who still is just refusing to talk. He just doesn't want to talk Mm-mm. yet. He's still... He's got a couple of like little, little quips and stuff that he says. He'll, like, he'll say "mama" once in a while, or he'll say "uh oh." He'll do I stuff like that. Uh-oh. Yeah, the "uh oh" is awesome. But he he he's not really talking yet, and I know he understands because you tell him to do something, or he'll answer to his name, and he, he'll he could follow directions and stuff like that. He's just not talking. But it's funny watching him because he's he doesn't go to daycare or anything like that, so he doesn't have other people tell him what he can't do he doesn't you know and i i don't ever say you can't do that or don't do this or whatever he's fearless he's fearless and and i think everybody is born like that or most people were born like that we just get it beaten out of us by society by teachers by
1: other people your parents you you know
0: whatever and and that's why you know i i realize that and that's why i try to catch myself if I, if I ever do say something like that i immediately apologize well
1: i think it's more if you shouldn't do that
0: right and i try exactly and i try to that that's that's my parenting style i'll try to say you shouldn't do this but then i'll explain why instead of just beating down like you see some parents or, or teachers or whatever they're just like no you can't do that don't do that or you can't do this or what and it's like you could see now where kids they just slowly get it beaten out of them and then by the time they're teenagers or adults you see why society is the way it is. We're making
1: sheep. Just yeah, pr- follow the rules. Pretty and much. Along.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So, anyhow, yeah, stay positive And if you put your mind to it, I think it wasn't that in, in Back to the Future. If you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Yeah. When that McFly said that, George McFly said that to Marty. Such a good movie. Right? Yeah. But it's true. All that stuff is true. So, but uh, I think this week, what I would like to do, if you're okay with it, is I'd like to continue about our past jobs that we talked about uh, a couple episodes ago.
1: Oh, if I'm okay with it. If you're okay with
0: it, I'm going to give you the option. Oh, so
1: this will be consensual.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Absolutely. A consensual episode. It's (laughs) not going to be me picking the topic or you. It's going to be both of us deciding... Consensually, as yes. consenting adults, yes. that we're going to talk about <laughs> this topic. Jeez, you know that's we're joking right now. But you know, in like 15 years, if stuff uh, continues the way it does in society, that's that's going no to have to be a be thing. It will no be hyperbole. Yeah, it's gonna ha- it's gonna be a thing. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, Anyhow. you've heard about
1: the. You should ask your children to make sure, like, to ask them if it's okay to change their diaper before they do it. All right, we're not.
0: We're, we're, yeah. yeah, I've heard it, but we're not. Yeah. Let's not go down that road because. I'm actually in a good mood. Let's not get, <laughs> you, let's not get me angry, please. Oh, uh, yeah. Ridiculousness. All so right. anyhow. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Because we, we didn't talk about everything. No, we before. didn't. We
1: didn't get to finish.
0: So. All right. Well, why don't we continue?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I left off talking about I was an assistant manager at Hot Topic and I had a stalker.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We we heard that. That's yeah. right. And so, then
1: I left there, got another job and I got another stalker.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, tell continue (laughs) this because yeah, this is yeah these these are fun (laughs) these these stories are fun yeah let's let's hear about that so where was the next job at
1: oh I have so many stories about this place so I got a job at Blockbuster Video my days (laughs) at my parents' video store store prepped me (laughs) for this yeah I worked at Blockbuster Video I think I was like nineteen at the time yeah I was. Nineteen, twenty, 20 like 19 going like soon to be 20 sure. at the time yeah so we had a manager mike and he was awesome everyone there got along it was an awesome store we had so much fun everyone worked really hard we helped each other out then mike decided he didn't want to be the store manager anymore i was an assistant manager and we had a couple other assistant managers he just wanted to go. how down many assistant managers there was like three other ones because a manager had to be on duty at all times. Okay. So that way there were different shifts and there'd be enough days off for everyone.
0: Okay. Yeah. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Sure. So
1: Mike decided he didn't want to be a store manager. He wanted to go down to assistant.
0: But just, it was Mike was the, o- the top guy. He was yep, he so the top guy. There's only top one guy. guy. Okay. But gotcha.
1: right. at, at our store. Because right. they go yeah, to yeah, store yeah. managers and district managers. Okay. Yeah. Right. Mike was an awesome guy. So we were kind of bummed out. Then they got this guy, Hank. Hank. Yeah. All right. You know what word comes to mind when I think of this guy?
0: Do I need to get the bleep button ready?
1: Pissant. Like, seriously. Eh,
0: I think we can let that one slide by the, center, the sensors.
1: <laughs> this guy sucked balls. Oh my gosh.
0: All right, I might have to beep that.
1: Well, so let me tell you about him. He was really dorky, goofy. He was in his, I think, mid to late 20s seemed nice enough but he had a creep factor and he would make inappropriate comments to me it's really hard to offend me but he he didn't really offend me he just really creeped me out like the way he would make comments
0: like was he trying to pick you up or something you think it
1: was like a sexual harassment kind of i'm joking around but i'm sexually harassing you and trying to make it sound like it's joking so for example okay You don't have
0: have to get too graphic No but like
1: I was talking on a Side conversation With one of my friends from work And he was off doing something else I didn't realize he was listening to our conversation And I was talking about how When I used to go to punk shows I'd wear my plaid skirts and I had black shorts Underneath because like If I was dancing around or whatever I don't want people seeing my underwear So I'd wear these small Tight black shorts Okay And I was telling this person how I was at a show and I was doing cartwheels with my skirt on. So I'm glad I had my shorts because I was doing cartwheels and yeah. Yeah. Well, he heard me saying doing cartwheels with a skirt on and he comes over and goes, damn, I missed it. And I turned around and looked at him. like, what the heck are you talking about? What? Yeah. I was like, what? And he's like, no, I missed it. You doing a cartwheel with a skirt. I would have liked to see that. And I'm just looking at him like that's really gross and creepy um and i feel really uncomfortable and he's
0: your manager he's, he's yeah the boss. he's my boss and he said that to you yeah and on with, the clock
1: yeah and he and, and with witnesses and he would make comments like that to me
0: what year was this
1: oh, i was like 99 2000 so
0: pre-me too obviously
1: oh yeah oh yeah but it got to the point where I was so uncomfortable and it really bothered me that I didn't want to be around him. And he smelled like cat pee, which is, <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but yeah, like sometimes I was like, what cologne is he wearing? Cause it smells like cat pee.
0: Ooh, day like, <laughs> litter box.
1: I know. <laughs> so anyway, he grossed me out. So finally, I go to Mike, who was the store manager, now another assistant manager. He and I are on the same level. And I go up and I tell him that Hank's creeping me out. He keeps making these inappropriate comments. And I'm like 19 at the time. And Mike's like, that's sexual harassment. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. It's just... He's got to stop it. I'm I'm going to beat the crap out of this guy. <laughs> like if he doesn't knock it off and I don't want to get. Yeah, fired. at the least. Yeah. Jeez. So Mike goes to the district manager. Her name was Jen. I thought, OK, well, if because Mike's making it sound like this is serious. He can't be doing that.
0: Well, it is serious.
1: I mean, yeah. He's like, he's your boss. Right. It's inappropriate. So what does corporate decide to do to Hank? They decide, he's the store manager, but I guess he didn't get his official promotion meeting, like they put him to do the work of store manager, and it was, I guess, a probation period, and then after so much time, he'd get the official title and pay.
0: Sure, okay, I get you, yeah. So
1: instead of doing anything about it, they said, oh, well, we're gonna hold off. We're gonna hold off on that, and probationary period's gonna go a little bit longer. So he didn't really get in trouble, and he obviously knew that I said something. Yeah. So that made work awesome.
0: Oh man.
1: So then, do you know what he did?
0: Can you say drop the ball on so many levels from upper management? Oh my gosh!
1: It it was uh, work was so bad after that. Like I was miserable because he made work so uncomfortable, and then he'd schedule he scheduled me to work overnights with him on Monday nights. Because Tuesdays was when new movies come out. So he put me on 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. with him. And what we would do, they normally didn't do this at stores from what I understand. But what they would do is, well, what we would do is we would take all the extra movies. So when a movie comes out, we'll get like 50 of a big title. Yeah, yeah. So we'll take all the extras. So there's only a few on the shelf. So we'll mm-hmm. take like 45 and we have to shrink wrap them and we have to put the stickers on and we have to change everything in the computer and they're sold as pre uh, previously viewed movies.
0: Oh, okay. So so like a movie that's like a month or two old yeah. that people have pretty much are done renting kind of thing. Yeah. So now I you can gotcha. buy okay. it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So we would do that on Monday night. So I worked yeah. 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. Monday nights he and then I had to work with him and deal with his crap and it was so uncomfortable and yeah he also gave me a terrible schedule so I had those Monday nights and then he would give me other like basically like my schedule would be everywhere I had no consistency I was like the shit person it was like everyone else can get whatever they want and Monique's gonna get everything that nobody wants So it was... um,
0: How long did this go on for?
1: Uh, I don't know. Maybe like four or five months. And then I left. I went to a different blockbuster.
0: And you couldn't complain to anybody or... I I I mean, I know obviously he was the the top guy. But you couldn't go over his head or anything? Well,
1: the best part is after the fact, I found out like a couple years after I left, I ran into somebody who worked there. Yeah. He got fired because he was sh- he was fudging inventories and What? Yeah. <laughs> so in that office, we had two bathrooms in the back area. It was employees only. There was supposed to be a men and a woman's, and we only had one. The other one had like shelving and things like that in it. They were using it as storage. I guess he was storing movies in there when things weren't coming up right. And so if there were extra movies, he just put them in there. And then like it it was so weird. Like he would just make up the inventories to make the numbers seem even. So, yeah, he was fudging the inventories and they caught him and fired him.
0: But was he like taking the movies home or something like that or selling them and keeping the money? No,
1: he was just putting them aside. Just
0: storing them in the blockbuster. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, random. Because you can't Uh. sell them if they're already gone. I don't know. Oh,
0: okay.
1: But yeah, th- then I heard stuff with money too. So I, I, I don't remember everything. But basically, Creep got what he got. Karma came around.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. And no more Blockbuster video.
1: Well, I, so, <laughs> I, and at that Blockbuster, I got another stalker. It was weird. He was, okay. he was an older guy because I was 19 at the time. Yeah. And he was good looking too. He looked like he was probably like in his like mid, late 30s he was like a good-looking, well put-together gentleman, if you will. Okay. And he was always hanging out and be asking me out. I thought it was really weird. Oh, he I'm would like,
0: he would actually ask you out. Yeah, he, and I'm oh, like, okay.
1: And I'm like, well, like, yeah, it was so weird. And I was asking mm. what he did, and he said he was a doctor. Now this is North Andover, so you know people have money. He drove a really nice car. Yeah. But I had a boyfriend who worked at another blockbuster who <laughs> was an assistant manager. Jeez. So. I was like, no, no, thank you. And he started hanging outside, like hanging around the store whenever I was working. Yeah, he would park and hang out. So.
0: Could you see him like staring in at you and stuff like that? (laughs) Oh, jeez.
1: Uh-huh. And then it got to the point where a couple of the guys would be like, you can't just hang out in the parking lot. So what are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm just hanging out. He'd go to the back where like we would park. So sometimes I'd go to my car and he'd be hanging out there and oh, hey, and I'd be like Yeah, you need to stop. But then I left and went to North, North Reading, So it didn't matter.
0: So he didn't follow you? No. Wow.
1: It was, yeah, it was weird.
0: What is it with you and stalkers? I
1: don't know.
0: I mean, I am pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you are pretty awesome. (laughs) I'm (laughs) pretty. Wow. And yeah, that?
1: no. but So then I went to huh. the North Reading blockbuster. No stalkers there? No, I okay. was working with my boyfriend at the time, and the boss was pretty cool. And, yeah, it, it was fun times. But then, yeah, our boss there, he was really cool, but then he and his wife were splitting up, and then he started losing it, and it got weird just because, like...
0: He hey, was he bringing home yeah i mean home, home stuff to work, work yeah to work with and he the, was yeah. like angry I, you know what i'm saying
1: so uh, it, it yeah it was tough because it's like you know trying to cheer somebody up and yeah. just they're so they're bitter and it, it made it tough and yeah it, that's that's hard yeah.
0: yeah that's tough yeah i yeah it's really hard when your home life you know bleeds it, over into it, your work life yeah. and vice versa if people allow their work life to come home with them it's Yeah, it can make, can make it tough.
1: It can. It's
0: tough to balance those things sometimes.
1: Yeah, and, and he was a good guy too, so.
0: Yeah, it's too bad.
1: But yeah, so it was. But it, so is it, that what made you,
0: cool. did you leave Blockbuster of your own accord? Where you fired? Yeah. Did no, you no, leave? I. No. You just had enough of the video yeah. business? You're like, I've been doing this since I was a kid,
1: damn it. <laughs> I've been doing this since <laughs> I was here. seven years old. I'm out of here. Yeah, no, I I wanted to get out of there. I'm I'm weird, like. I am a very loyal person when it comes to work, but if it gets to the point where I'm so miserable or super uncomfortable with a coworker or a boss, it's like, okay, universe is saying it's time to go. There's something else for you. Yeah. And that's when I got my bartending and quote, unquote, waitressing job for like three days.
2: Wait, what?
1: Well, we mentioned in the previous episode how a waitress and the girl was dipping the fries. Oh, that's, yeah. oh, that, oh, okay. Yeah. So but this
0: led into that. Well, oh, I got okay. a job
1: bartending at an old Irish pub in Drake, which was awesome. And then I was going to school. And then I got another job where they said I was going to hostess, but they wanted me to waitress. And I left because I was grossed out and because they were messing with my hours. I, I already had another job and going to school. Yeah. I was kind of limited in right. my hours that sure. I could work wow yeah yikes but yeah bar t- bartending job ah, oh, that was such a good job i was gonna
0: say now obviously you haven't bartended in a while but where would you ever drink on the job because i know that's like supposed to be a big no-no you're not supposed to do Listen, it which makes sense i worked obviously. at an old
1: irish pub and if right. you know one of the regulars wanted to have a drink with you you had a drink with them
0: Fair, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. That's what that's what I figured. But i you know I wanted to ask.
1: Yeah, everyone there was so cool. Like some of the guys, if because I worked Saturday, I worked like Tuesday and Thursday, eleven a.m. to seven p.m. Yeah. And then I worked like Saturday, eleven to seven. Hmm. So, typically not super busy times. I was
0: gonna say, yeah. Does it really get you get a lot of? You clientele. had your regulars, but as okay, the afternoon
1: sure. goes on, it would it start getting busy before the end of my shift. Mm-hmm. But we'd have days where big party comes in or just happen to be really busy and I remember a couple of times some of the regulars would help stock my bar for me because the bottles of beer in the cooler like once I every morning I would go in I'd rotate my stock I put in fresh stock and Mm -hmm. get everything prepped and if you go through all your beer and there's no time because it's so busy and you're by yourself you got to go to the back get more beer things like that they would go up back because they knew the owner and so they go out back and they get beer and fill up my cooler for me.
2: Wow. Yeah.
1: They must have oh. really liked you. <laughs> they were great. And the best part is I had red hair at the time. Yeah. And everyone, all, they, like everyone just meeting me. Oh, what's your name? I'd be like, oh, Monique. Monique, you're, I can tell you're Irish. Because I had red hair and like blue green eyes. And I looked Irish. Freckles. And right. I was like, "Yeah, my name's Monique Giselle Lavassar. I'm as Irish as you get."
0: Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Jeez. But huh.
1: no, every, everyone there was so great. It was such a fun job.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's great. But I made good money. Well, I mean, that's that's why anybody works, right? That's the that's the <laughs> that's why you go to work. Yeah. You want to make good money. Otherwise, what are you doing it for, right?
1: Well, you know what they say. What's that? When you find a job where you're doing something you love, yeah, you yeah, never yeah. have to work.
0: You never work a day in your life. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sure. Sure.
1: Hmm. What about you? What other jobs have you had?
0: Well, I was a pro wrestler for a long time.
1: Yes. Yes, you were.
0: So I guess that kind of counts, right? Yeah.
1: You were pretty good at that.
0: Uh, I don't know because I it was I never mean, you my the
1: best or anything. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. right.
0: Exactly. Well I mean I, would, I never had a contract or anything like that, so I don't know if you really consider it
1: but isn't part of that you're doing you didn't really want to deal with that
0: yeah it was part it was yeah absolutely hundred percent i didn't I didn't go as far mm-hmm. as I intended to when I first got into it but it for me it was more because my I had a best friend that went and worked there and I saw how he was treated and in my eyes he was a lot. He was bigger than I was. He was a lot more talented than I was. And if they couldn't do something with him, I figured they're, uh, they're not going to do anything with me. And I just kind of became realistic. And, I, I mean, honestly, if I had come along now, I think I would, I'd be, I'd be all set. I'd probably, I'd have a job somewhere, I think. Just because of the way the business is, the wrestling business has changed. But, yeah, I, 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 Want to say probably around 2003, 2004. I decided I'm not gonna push to go any further because I saw what it did to my friend, and this is the my my best friend Steve Bradley who passed away. But this is who I'm talking about. I saw what it did to him, and what that company, and I'm referring to WWE. What that company did to his morale, to his psyche, and I didn't want to put myself through that. So I figured, no, I'm gonna do what I can at this level, be the best I can be, try to go as far as I can with with wrestling on this level, and just continue to have fun. Because, be honest, pro wrestling is a bl- it's, it was a blast. It was a blast when I was doing it. I don't miss the, the pain of it because it does hurt. All that stuff hurts. I don't miss the injuries and all, all that good, You know all that kind of stuff. But I love the art form of it. I love the, that aspect of it. But no, yeah, I, I decided I, I went as far as I was going to allow myself to go because I wanted to not go through what my friend went through.
1: But you had a couple goals yes. with wrestling. Yes. What were they?
0: You're talking about when I first got in when to wrestling? When you
1: first started wrestling, you gave yourself some goals.
0: Yeah. Um, I wanted to wrestle for the WWE, which I did. Mm-hmm. I did wrestle. Was not under contract. I was on TV a couple of times. Um, I was what they called a, an enhancement guy or yeah. a job guy or a squash guy. I got, got some offense and whatever, but I was basically there to make their contracted talent look good. But it, that was my, one of my goals was to do that. You got paid doing got, it, right? I got paid. I got go. to do it. I got I had to be on TV, all that good stuff. And I wanted to wrestle. Uh, the other goal was I wanted to wrestle in front of my hometown crowd, in front of a sold-out. When I was growing up, it was always a sold-out Boston Garden. I always wanted to wrestle in front, in front of a sold-out crowd, the Boston Garden. But the Boston Garden got torn down, and the Fleet Center at the time took its place. It was the Fleet Center. Now it's the TD Garden. And I did in 2001. I got to wrestle, sold out for, I think it was a Monday Night Raw taping, but it, it, the, the match aired on, oh, what was the show called? Full Metal or Jacked? Or Jacked. Some, Jacked, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, they taped that before Raw went live on the air at 9 o'clock, and the place was packed. It was sold out, so I got to do that. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool because I, I achieved my goals early on, and by that time, I had already been to Puerto Rico and wrestled. I had already been to Memphis and wrestled. I'd gone around and traveled to all these places that I wanted to go and, and wrestle at. So I did all that stuff early on. I was really, really fortunate. So yeah, when I saw, because Steve would always try to, anywhere he went, he would he would get me in. Because like I explained previously, he knew I wouldn't make him look bad. He, he obviously he he doesn't have the power to get me hired or anything like that. But, you know, if he can open a door and I can walk through and make an impression, yeah. you know, he'd give me the opportunity, which was always, always awesome. So, yeah, he would do that for me anywhere he went. And, yeah, I was I was really lucky I got to do all that stuff. But when I when he got released from his contract, he was relieved at the time. I think I've spoken about this on other podcasts or whatever. He was he was definitely relieved that he was done with it but i know that just because he and i wrestled together after that several times on shows that we put on together that i i helped him promote and i know that he just a lot of conversations that we had he he had so much to give and he was so talented like you have no idea you you've seen some tapes and stuff but you honestly you have no idea and and i know any of the other any of our other wrestler friends that listen to this or anything like that the new steve they all know how talented he was, but you guys have no idea. Like the conversations we would have all the time on on long car rides and stuff. You have no idea just how like the the genius of this guy and just how how passionate he was about wrestling and just to see what what that freaking company did to him. And I mean again, I I only know his side of the story obviously, but So obviously I'm, I'm only, I only know the one side and that's, that's what I got, but yeah, just, it's just really too bad. And so that's why I said, like, I decided I'm not going to do that to myself. I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to get into that. I, I don't need that in my life, you know? And, and honestly, and you know this, I'm, I, it's weird that I chose to go into pro wrestling because I I liked my I like being anonymous, if you will. Like I like my anonymity, I like my privacy. So I don't know. I'm sure I'd be fine, but I don't know how I would deal with any kind of a even a pseudo fame.
1: I remember we were at Best Buy. (laughs) Oh yes, (laughs) at the mall. Uh, We we just started dating, like maybe a couple months. Yeah, and nobody. We didn't tell anyone we were dating, and. We're walking down because we're going through to go back to our car. Yeah. And I hear Alex Arion, Alex Arion. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the, and it's some kid run, some like not kid, little kid, but like.
0: Yeah. Like a teenager, teenager, or yeah. early
1: twenties, maybe running up Oh, Alex Arion and starts like going off. And I just like took a sidestep and just got out of the scene. I was just like, oh, I'm going to go over here. Yeah. Ooh, cameras. Let's look at those.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, when, it's funny, it's at, this actually ties into the whole Wrestling at the Fleet Center story But uh, I was, I can't remember Where I was uh, Or I'm sorry, I remember where I was, I can't remember who I was with But I was with somebody, it might have been Brian Fury I'll have to ask him this It was after I did the The appearance on, on WWE And I was In the bathroom at a stall Using a urinal Peeing <laughs> at uh in in the restroom of the the mall, one of the, the mall in uh Salem, New Hampshire. The Rockingham. Mall. The Rock Thank you. The Rockingham Mall. And somebody came up to me while I'm going to the bathroom. It was like, "Hey, I, Alex, I saw you on on WWE Jacked or whatever whatever the show was." And I'm just like, "Uh, cool. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, great." Now, at first I'm like, "Wow, it's kind of cool being recognized." But I'm like, "I'm taking a leak right now like, is this really what these like what people have to go through all the time people that are on tv but is this what they have to because i'm like i don't like that feeling i just didn't like it i'm like you know i don't i didn't know i just i didn't like that feeling at all and yeah. and just witnessing it too when i was in memphis with steve and we lived with uh steve's roommate at the time was kurt angle so when we'd go out with kurt Kurt was, at, by that point, had he'd already won the Olympic gold medal and stuff. So he was, even if people didn't know he was a pro wrestler, they recognized him from winning a freaking Olympic gold medal, right? Yeah. So we'd be out wherever, going out to eat, go to the gym, whatever. And he would just get mobbed. Like, people were just always coming up to him. And I'm just like, that doesn't look like fun. But Kurt was such a, that guy, what you see on TV, that's him. Like, he's the, he's the, the all-American to a T. Like, that's him. He would sit and literally take the time to sign any autograph. Didn't matter where we were, what we were doing. And Steve and I, of course, me, I'm a nobody. So nobody knows who I am, which is fine. I didn't care. And Steve had some notoriety. He was recognized around Memphis a little bit because down there, the local wrestling was huge. So he would get recognized. and he was. But he was a bad guy down there. So he didn't have to be nice to people. He <laughs> And he loved not having to be nice because – he was a great guy. Don't get me wrong, but just if you if you're trying to go somewhere, you don't want to sit and sign autographs and this and that. Now, of course, Kurt's riding with us, so we would have to anywhere we'd go, we'd have to we'd split off. So if we're going to the gym, you know, we'd be on one side of the gym doing something, he'd be on the other side. And if we'd go to a restaurant, kind of we we'd try to be incognito. Steve would wear like a baseball hat and kind And believe it or not, when he'd wear a baseball hat, it was almost like a. Clark Kent, Superman type I was disguise. I just going to say that, like, oh, believe he has it or glasses, not, it's
1: like, totally I, a different person. And, and he
0: did, and he wore glasses too. But you seriously, like, unless he took off his hat and his braids came out of his, you know, and you'd see all his, his crazy hair and stuff. He he looked like just a tan guy that looked like he worked out. You couldn't really like it. Actually, worked. People didn't really recognize him. It was it was it was yeah, it was it was like a Clark Kent, <laughs> Superman kind of disguise. Believe it or not, but. We would, you know, we'd go out to eat. We'd all sit together, or whatever, and, and nobody would really recognize Steve, or and nobody knew me. And it'd stop, and he'd have to have a ten-minute conversation when we'd have to be like. Kurt, let's go. Like, we, we have to stop and yell at him. Like, dude, let's go. We've got to go. We're late or whatever. Or it's freaking 2 in the morning at a Denny's. See, we I wanna, think
1: that's so awesome. We want to
0: go home. We want to get to bed. We want to shower. Whatever, you know. We want to get out of here. Let's go.
1: Okay, I know we're getting so, off the track with jobs and everything. But yeah. you say that. I think that's awesome. Because one thing that always bothered me when I got my foot into wrestling Was the way people use the term marks I understand the original meaning but people the way certain people said it was so derogatory and I'm just thinking if it wasn't for these fans you wouldn't be here nobody would be paying to see you right so be you know be respectful and I understand like again when there's fame things like that you have notoriety and everyone's always stopping and they all want to talk to you yeah it can be very difficult and time consuming, but I, I have so much respect, especially for all the people who, you know, do stop and they talk to people and sure. they take that picture and they sign something. I sure. think that's awesome.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, again, looking back on it, yeah, he's, he definitely did it right for sure. And meanwhile, like, you're
1: like, I just want to go home. But,
0: but, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I saw that side of things early on and I just, I made the conscious decision, like, I don't know if I really want to do that. I don't know if I want to get that famous, and I don't know if I want people to... The money would be the nice thing part of it, you know, but the whole fame thing, I never really, never really got seduced by the fame bug, you know? I, that never really bit me. I never really cared that much about that because I saw... The type of things that people would have to do, and like I said, getting just like a small little tiny taste of
1: it—getting <laughs> someone running I'm, up to you while you're taking yeah. a leak, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, and and you remember when we went to the the Mount Washington Hotel when we had our stay there? Yes. When we were leaving there, we stopped mm-hmm. because at the entrance there's like a little cul-de-sac, and you could stop and and take a picture with the hotel in the background. Yeah. And just a, what was it a cab? It was like a cab came up, yeah. Stops now we're two hours from where we live and a cab stops. A guy gets out. He's like, Hey, Alex Arion, how you doing? I'm just like, what the hell is going on? And, and he's like, Hey, you want me to take your picture? Yeah.
1: Like, I, I remember right, this' It was so sure. random. It was just
0: the most random thing. Like I'm in the middle of nowhere
1: and, and like, in Northern
0: New Hampshire.
1: And we've talked about staying there previously. Yeah. And it was not a good experience staying there. Yeah. I like, I just wanted to get home. I was what? Like, seven months pregnant yeah
0: i think so yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted yeah. to go home <laughs> yeah but yeah just that and it was like uh what what's going on it was just so weird because it, by that point i had started to wind down wrestling so i wasn't wrestling much at all at that point point. and just having somebody again remembering me from wrestling when i would wrestle regularly in littleton yeah. from years before was like wow it's it was kind of nice to be remembered cool. like that's cool but th- again i'm like this is just weird i don't know Again, again, it just kind of made stepping me stepping
1: off to the side, like, "Oh, I'm gonna just go walk yeah right
0: now." <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just weird. It's like, uh "Hey, man, how's it going?" But yeah, again, I, I never the fame thing. I was never crazy about it. So
1: I have to admit, I'm happy you never wanted to get signed because you got to where you were, and we met. Yeah, if you wanted to get everything signed, worked out the way it was yeah, supposed to, of course. Your path would be totally different, and we wouldn't be together.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't have not. met
1: me and fallen madly in love with me.
0: Well, you never know. The universe works in mysterious it ways, does. right? You never know. You never know. But yeah, that's why. Anyway, circling back to what we were talking about, that's why I never pursued that any further. I just, I got, I saw how some of my friends, what the the things that they had to deal with, the things that happened to them. And I wasn't really big on the whole being famous thing. Yeah. So yeah, that's all. That's all. I mean, hey, if, if you're listening and you recognize me and you see me and you want to come say hi, that's cool. That's awesome. Just not when I'm taking a leak at a urinal. Yeah. If you <laughs> see wait till, anybody done. Wait till I wash famous my hands.
1: yeah. If you see anyone famous in the bathroom, wait for them to step outside of the bathroom. You gotta give people their privacy. <laughs> right. There are some places you just uh, don't approach people.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that, so yeah, I guess you could say wrestling. Um, that was probably my favorite job. I guess you could say. Well, no, no, I take that back. My favorite job. Well, are we going? Are we doing chronological order or I just kind of? Yeah, whatever? I was going
1: in chronological order. All
0: right, because when I was still wrestling, I worked. Uh, I also, I guess, do you count wrestling promoter? Yeah, you, that's, count, that's, do that's I, a job. Do I want me to count like the different jobs I did in wrestling?
1: Well. Yeah, well, if you're counting wrestling promoter, I guess you could say I was a promoter for bands I put on did shows. Did you ever make money? Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, they, yeah, that, yeah, I mean, that's a job. I made money, yeah. That's a job. It wasn't so. full
1: time or anything. But yeah, so tell us about your wrestling promoter.
0: Okay. Show. Well, so I guess I don't know if you count. It. I mean, it's a job I did, but I never really, I didn't make any money for it. Because it, it was when, uh, when Steve had been released from WWE and came home, he wanted to start a wrestling school and wanted to run shows and he said
1: and you trained at the school too like you taught people
0: yeah yeah i I helped yeah I i guess so i mean i was never the head trainer or anything like that but yeah i guess you could say i helped um but yeah he wanted to know if i would help him do that and if i wanted to help him run shows and stuff like that because he was he'd been away so he didn't really know who was around as far as talent goes he didn't know who was good who was worth using you know that kind of thing and he knew I liked the creative side of things. So uh, yeah. I, and I wanted to learn all that stuff. Cause like I said, I love pro wrestling. I loved every aspect of it and I wanted to learn as much of it as I could. I got a little bit of a taste of it when I was in Memphis, just seeing and being in some of the, the meetings where they would book the shows and stuff like that. So it was just a, it was an aspect of the, of the business that I wanted to explore and that yeah. I wanted to become active in. So yeah, I did that. But again, like I said, I didn't get any money for it. we, weren't really making uh, any money that came in was going to the guys that were on the shows or to pay for buildings to run and that kind of thing. So kind of all that money went back into the business. So, but at the time I was working a regular nine to five job as well. I, the first job I got, I was working at, I'm trying to think now if we're going chronologically, Uh, I worked at, Easter Seals. I worked there for about f- was it three four years? I want to say it was like three or four years. My time might be a little off mm. but I was a teacher's assistant and that job was great because they were the, the folks that were in charge were big wrestling fans. So my cousin actually got me the in there and introduced me to the the person that was in charge of hiring everybody and let them know that I that I did wrestling and stuff like that. And they were they were wrestling fans, so that actually worked to my advantage because they would allow me to get out early on Fridays if I had shows and stuff like that. And I'm not proud of it, but I could show up late all the time and nobody ever said a word to me about it. I, like, I think my shift was like 8 to 4, and I would show up at like 8.30 some days. Yeah, I know. You're shaking your head at me. I, like I said, I'm not proud of it, but I'm just being honest and... You'd have to work till 4, but I would leave some days at like 2.30 and just go to the gym, <laughs> you know, do stuff like that. So they were very lenient, which is why I really liked that job because, like I said, come and go as I pleased, essentially. And I worked with one of my really good friends. So it ended up being cool. And I, it was it was fun, too, because I got to meet a lot of good... A lot of the people that I worked with were really good. You have to be a really a really good person, <clears throat> excuse me, for the most part, you got to be a really good person to work at a place like that yeah. because it's it's not an easy job. You, you have to have patience. You have to have a lot of patience. You have to have a lot of empathy, understanding. A lot of, a lot of the kids, unfortunately, that were there, not all of them, but a lot of them were put there because they came from pretty rough home lives. Unfortunately, it was pretty sad. Um, and I'm not going to get into any specifics because that's not anybody's business. But, yeah, you, knowing what a lot of these kids went through by reading their case files and stuff like that, it was pretty rough. It it would get sad sometimes just being like, geez, you know, what the what the hell? It, it, you know, some of the stuff was pretty rough. But um, you got to meet a lot of really good, like I said, a lot of good people. One mm-hmm. of my best friends worked there. And just a lot of the kids too. It was kind of cool. Just if I made even a small little positive impact on a kid's life, it was, it was just cool for the first couple of years that I worked there. I worked at, it was, it was kind of like middle school age, like high, upper elementary, middle school age mm-hmm. kids. And, uh, and then the last, say like the last year and a half, I was there. I worked with high school kids, high school age kids. And then, I got transferred to a different building and worked with really, really, uh, I'm trying to think of the right term. They were autistic kids, Mm -hmm. but they were really, they weren't very high functioning. Some of them were nonverbal. So that was, that was really, that was a tough job, but I got to say one of the kids, and I think you've, I think I've uh, shown you pictures of him. Joey was his name. I'm not going to say his last name or like that, but his name was Joey and that kid was so awesome like i seriously i was jeez, 25 at the time i was seriously considering figuring out how, how can i adopt this kid i'm i'm serious yeah, about it too I, like, know. I loved that kid so much he was so awesome and i was like one of the only people that he would he'd get excited to see and he was he was really he was very he was extremely he was he was he was verbal like he could speak but he was, it was weird. Like, he wasn't, his his thing was, I guess he was born with, like, a heart defect. Mm-hmm. And they did surgery on him and it ended up, it was weird. It wasn't like he was born, it was it was the, he ended up being the way he was mentally because of the, the surgery that he had to have in order to mm. save his life when he was born. Really, really, just really sad. But the kid had, like, he was such a sweetheart, you know? Like, he, he just, You can look in somebody's eyes and you can just see that, like, that's what I saw, like, really just like goodness in some, like, you know, it's just kind of getting kind of emotional thinking about it now. But yeah, he was just, he was such a, like, just so awesome. Like, I'd try to go as often as I could to see him. Um, After I left Easter Seals, I would try to go in and I'd see him like every couple of months. I'd go and I'd just, you know, surprise him, make an appearance. And they typically didn't allow that but because they knew the relationship that he and I had like he would always want to see me he'd always ask for me and stuff mm. like that i'd i'd go and try and see him and then he he aged out of the program so um uh, i don't know where he ended up unfortunately mm. but yeah that kid he was i i was like i I've told you that before i was seriously like can i adopt him can he can i just be his legal guardian like can can i do that but uh yeah he was yeah he was awesome he was he was just like I said, just a really kind, good soul. You could, you know, you could just tell that there's there's so much goodness here. And, and you, I don't know, it's just it's hard to. I'm I'm going way off. I'm, 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 all right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop now talking about that. But yeah, that was that was a job. And then uh, I also after that, I worked at I worked for an investment firm Ooh. as a yeah I know right as a payroll clerk. Uh, payroll associate I think was the the term and basically people that were having issues with their paychecks would call in and I would have to look up their information and try to figure out what was going on and that wasn't fun was not happy with that job
1: well think about it you're dealing so, with people who are pissed because somebody messed, somebody up, their messed up the pay
0: yeah exactly so it's like, right it, it like at first I'm like oh this sounds cool I'll, I'll be a payroll clerk
1: you're the then, fortunate soul who gets to help them
0: yeah then then I'm then I'm then I realized once I start the job and really get into like, oh, yeah. Because well,
1: everyone's treating you like it's your fault. its
0: isn't really that great. And, and it's hard because you have to be professional. So when somebody's screaming and yelling at you, you can't be like, dude, it's not me. Like, I'm just the guy that answered the phone. Do you want help or not? I wish I could say that, mm. but you can't say that.
1: I mean, you yeah. could.
0: I mean, you could. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have lasted as long as I did if I had. But uh, yeah, I only, I only lasted there. About a month and a half, and I—I I have to say that was a job that I actually got let go from because I wasn't performing up to the standard that they wanted. Wow. Yeah, and it was because it was such a—I I, can't—I don't want to get into the name of the company or anything like that. I don't need to do that. But it was the the different systems that they had. Like they would handle payroll for different banks and in several different companies. So it wasn't just like okay, Monique calls because she works for Dunkin' Donuts or, or she works for Blockbuster and she didn't get her paycheck. It was Monique calls from Blockbuster and then you hang up the phone, get out of that system and somebody calls from Bank of America and then somebody calls from Starbucks or whatever. It was always different. So it was like, uh, okay, and you had to be fast and you had to work with three computer screens and it was like, oh boy, okay, okay. I had never done anything like that before so that was the, the first time I'd ever had to multitask like that and learn all these systems and it was it was crazy so yeah I, I think I I got signed on for like a 90 day uh, what do you call it a pro- probationary, probationary period or something like that and I only lasted a month and a half oh. and I wa- my feelings weren't hurt so I was like no, you're right. No, it's okay. They're like, yeah, it wasn't working out. They were really nice about letting me go. And I'm like, no, nope, I get it. It's all good. Thank you very much for your opportunity. I appreciate it. I, I knew it was going to happen. you like, like, thank you. Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, I'm going to try my best, but I, it just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And you know me. I, If I'm doing something, I try to do it to the best of my ability, but just this wasn't working. So I left there. And then I worked at – I worked loading trucks at a warehouse – at a distribution center, big distribution center, that job sucked it. I bet <laughs> that was rough. Have to get there for five thirty every morning. Load trucks all day. I worked there during the summer months. It was all like air conditioners that you'd have to pick up and toss, and and when stuff got tossed too, like I know when we when we started seeing each other, there'd be certain stores I wouldn't go to and shop at, mm-hmm. or buy big ticket items from because I knew how I used to handle this stuff and how I saw other people handling this stuff. I'm like, I'm not buying from that store. I know how the stuff gets tossed around. Mm -hmm. Like no way. Uh, Yeah. So yeah, that was a job I did for a couple of months. And then I worked at the job that I worked at for geez, 12 years straight until, uh, until that ended. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Well, I talked about, how I left Blockbuster yeah, and I started to bartend. And then I actually left bartending because I moved to Providence, Rhode Island. And I know we've talked previously that I lived in Rhode Island. So my first, I had a lot of money saved. But I was like, okay, I want something to do during the day. And I need, I should probably get more money because I can't live off my savings forever. I... Couldn't find anything I wanted to do. Please so
0: don't tell me you were a stripper.
1: No. Okay, <laughs> all right. I could have done that. The, the, those <laughs> jobs were available yeah, down know. there, but I no. Know. I got a job as an Electrolux door-to-door salesman.
0: Are those vacuum cleaners? Yes. No The way.
1: vacuum cleaners. I was ah, a vacuum wow. door-to-door salesman, yeah. How
0: was that? You must I have some stories. I
1: hated it so much. Wow. I am a very empathetic person. And now I have to knock on strangers' doors and try to get them to buy something. And the moment they say they don't have money, I instantly understand. I can't try to talk somebody into spending money that they shouldn't really spend. It, it was the worst job in the world because this is Providence. It wasn't like it was some richy rich kind of place. I mean, we were going to lower middle class to like middle class homes. I know these people didn't have money, but that was the area that we were given because you're assigned streets, locations, Sure, yeah, you get a territory, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I remember this one other young woman, she had a baby recently. It was like her and her boyfriend or whatever, so she was doing it too. So we kind of teamed up because we're both like, oh my gosh, we don't know what we're doing. We suck. Let's suck together.
2: There you go. Hey,
1: we're working for a vacuum company. Let's
2: suck together.
1: That's our motto. All right. So, yeah, so we would go (laughs) door to door. And I remember I wasn't so much nervous about going to strangers' houses. I think nowadays you see a lot less of door to door because you never know who's going to answer the door. I I wasn't really so much worried about that. I just, I hated. Trying to have to talk strangers into buying something that they didn't need or want. Yeah. Like if they said, hey, these are people who are interested, go talk to them and go sell them a vacuum. Okay, because these people have interest. But just complete strangers and when they say, yeah, I don't have the money, like what are you going to do? Exactly. And it's not like they were just saying that to get rid of you. You could tell they did not have the money. I, I, I couldn't... So. Yeah, I did not. I quit because it was when you got the job. The reason I took it is because you got paid a straight amount no matter what. Yeah. Well, what they didn't tell you is after I think it was like six weeks, you go to commission. Yeah. So you get a regular paycheck as you're training, if you will. Yeah.
0: And then it's straight. Commission. And then it's just that?
1: commission. Ooh. So, you know, let's say 10% off of zero dollars being made equals. Wow. Yeah. So I quit, and she, the other girl, did too.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's hard, but you have to see it from the company standpoint. Oh, yeah. If it's straight commission, you have the potential. If you're good at it, but you get good at it. But if they're also giving
1: you territory or areas that doesn't matter. have no money. Doesn't matter. No, I There's understand. There's people
0: that can go into a territory that has no money and they can come out and make kill They a
1: can, but I'm not that kind of person.
0: I No, I get it. But that's why I'm saying you got to see it from the no, the, and the standpoint I, of the company doing a straight commission deal. that's why I left. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. can. If you're the type of person that can do that, hell yeah, you can clean up.
1: Yeah. I am not that kind of person. Yeah.
0: No, I'm, I'm really not. A, yeah. I could only sell body slams and lines. That was it. <laughs>
1: Tremendous. So. But yeah, so then I left that and I got a, sh- a, I got a job at a trophy shop. Really? Yeah, in Providence. And it was a woman who owned it. I guess her parents owned it before and she took over. She was really cool. And her boyfriend, they kind of co-owned it. She, I think she really owned it, but he helped her with everything. And he seemed really cool, but we realized like he had a temper. (laughs) So, Wow. And he would show it towards customers. But so what I was doing is I would go to businesses and get them to buy T-shirts and get their logos put on it because they did screen printing. Yeah. Which was fine. There was a bar I used to always hang out at, the Safari Lounge, downtown Providence. And I went there and the owner was this awesome guy and... Bought shirts, and I just like go around because that's easier to sell. You're a business, you want your logo on a t shirt and sell it to your customers, and it promotes you. It's a win win. So, I was yeah. doing that, I was doing okay. And some days, like, I had a desk, and I would sit at my desk and I kind of get all my stuff together the orders processed, all that. And I remember one day, I'm at my desk, I have my plaid skirt, my fishnet stockings, my <laughs> combat boots, like my leopard print tank top. Uh. I think at the time my hair was black, but I had like dark manic panic red like in the front of it. Classy. Yeah. I look great. And, (laughs) (laughs) and so this, I guess, so this, the guy owner, I forget his name. He was helping a customer. The guy wanted a certain kind of trophy for something. Yeah. And the other owner, I think her name was Kathleen. She wasn't there. So it was just him. And he's like telling him, no, no, this is what you want. And the guy, the customer is just like, no. And he's clearly explaining what he wants. And we have it. I know exactly what he wants. So the other guy like goes and takes off. He's like, oh, well, I'll be right back. I'll go look somewhere. So I go up to the guy and I'm like, excuse me, sir. I think I know what you're looking for. Come with me. And I bring him over to another area and I show him. And he's like, that's exactly what I want. I'm like, okay you described it and I figured this might be what you want. And he was so happy. He puts in his order and about a week later, the owner Kathleen is telling me about how happy I made this customer. I guess he was so happy. He called and spoke with her. Yeah. And he said that young girl, Monique, When I first looked at her, I thought she would be as dumb as a bag of rocks, but she really (laughs) surprised me. (laughs) What a backhanded compliment.
0: Wow. Yep. Wow. Dumb as a bag of rocks. Dumb as a bag of rocks. I think that's what we're going to call this episode. (laughs) Dumb as a bag of rocks. Tremendous. Yeah. So
1: just everyone out there, don't judge people by the way they look. Yeah, yeah. And, and he went on to complain about her boyfriend <laughs> and what a jerk he was Wow, but yeah,
0: that's well, yeah that's but then crazy.
1: I left Providence and I, I Came back to Massachusetts my original home state and then I got a job at a books book and gift store Yeah How many that was jobs fun. have you
2: had? Wow uh,
1: but it's not like I'm getting, like, fired and going from job to job. I just, like, sometimes I'd have two or three jobs at a time.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah. guess.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm blue collar, baby.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> dumb as a bag of rocks, too. <laughs> 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 no, kidding, I just, just
1: apparently look dumb as, as, dumb as a bag kidding. of rocks. I just look it. That's what happens when you're pretty. Everyone just assumes you're dumb.
0: <laughs> Jeez
1: <laughs> But yeah So this book story got a job as an assistant manager And I have a couple of fun stories Do we have time?
0: we Yeah Okay um, It's our It's our podcast it can Be true, as long as you want true. It's fine So yeah
1: So <laughs> as an assistant manager It's funny You mentioned how like The truck That just Just distribution truck. So we would get deliveries. They come on pallets, like all these boxes stacked high. So we'd have to like cut open. We'd have the box cutters, cut open the plastic and we'd have to unload everything and put it away. I hated it. It stunk. But I remember working there. I was an assistant manager and for the most part, everyone that worked there was really cool. Yeah. And people got i don't know it was like it was like a cheap like you got like cheap books and cheap gifts it was not like hoity-toity but it was in andover so those people have money and they would just like talk down to us and they'd want to break the rules and you know we'd be like oh no returns without a receipt or yeah. after so many days of stuff and they, they'd want to fight you on it so I remember like people would get all mad because they couldn't get their way or they didn't want to pay so much for a certain thing. Like, oh, this book is so much. I don't want to pay that much. I'd be like, then don't get it. Yeah. A- and then they'd be like, I want to talk to the manager. And I'd just be like, I am the manager. Boom. And that was the best. I love that.
0: Boom. Yeah. In your face.
1: Yeah, but I remember one night, this woman I worked with, Sandy, she was a very sweet woman. And if you... Got her really flustered. She kind of would be like, especially if she was counting, she'd have to stop because she'd lose count. Yeah. And this woman gave her like all this change. And there's actually two stories with her. First one was this woman had her kid with her and she comes in with bags of change and she wants her to count all this change. It was something like it came up to like 15, $16. Yeah all nickels pennies dimes yeah and so sandy's like i'm sorry but that's you need to i can't take it like this like it's cash you can take cash and so i come over and i look at her and she i was like yeah you need to go to a bank and you need to cash this out for dollar bills and she's like, I'm trying to teach my child how money works. And I said, OK, so teach them how to go to the bank, drop them, drop all the change in that machine that spins around and gives you a ticket, bring it up to the teller, and they'll give you dollars for it. And then you can come back and buy this stuff. And she did the, I want, I want to talk to the manager. I just looked, I'm the manager. Well, there has to be somebody above you that I can talk to. And I'm like, nope. And the truth is, nobody at that company cared. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> Jeez.
1: If you called corporate, they would not care. They'd be like, whatever, uh, just keep buying stuff. Awesome. But yeah. And then, like, another time, a person, they were just trying to rip Sandy up one way and down another. And they were like so out of line because she wouldn't take a return. And I, again, I just came over and I was like, no, like, she's calling, her, this woman is calling the employee stupid and just personally attacking her
2: yeah like there's no
1: need to do that to anybody yeah yeah i i didn't let that happen i came over and i was like yeah you need to leave and she i was like and don't come back like i don't know if i had that authority but i didn't care i was like you don't talk to other people like that like that's not being a good human being
0: (laughs) well you're right i mean it's You gotta really, really be asking for it For somebody to go off on you like that If you're an employee at a place, you know Uh, It's, yeah It's like a whole other level of jerk If you just go off on somebody That's just doing their job You know, people in retail stores They're not making a killing They're not making tons of money Most of them are, you know, minimum wage Maybe barely over that, you know So it's not like you don't get paid enough To sit there and get belittled and berated By somebody, you know
1: well, exactly. I mean, uh, people just—what's the word we used it before? Entitled. People just think they're so entitled to treat others the way that they want. If they don't get their way, they can belittle other people, or yeah, it's yeah too bad. or if they're in a bad mood, they can just take it out on, on everyone. But yeah, I mean, uh, people would get so out of line, or we'd be closing at night. The store closes at nine o'clock. So, okay, nine o'clock. We tell everyone like 15 minutes before the store's closing, go up and we'd have people who wouldn't leave. And we'd be like, the store is now closed. You have to go. Yeah. Well, I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. You need to leave. Well,
0: we're leaving. Like so I had to get jerky by. with people. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
1: I had to get like, you know, I had to get not so nice with people because they just thought they could do whatever they wanted. <sighs> or we'd get everyone out. Okay. Nine o'clock. Nobody's in the store. We'd lock the doors and people would pound on the doors. Cause there was a restaurant next door. Yeah. And so people would be leaving the restaurant and they want to shop. So yeah, they would like pound on the door and I just look like nine o'clock. My watch doesn't say it's nine. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I don't uh, care.
0: That's nice. And they would get so <laughs> mad
1: and they try to argue with us and I'm just like, walk away. <laughs> And we would just ignore them. I yeah. mean,
0: what are you going to do at that point? That there's not th- what, are you going to sit and argue with them? Yeah. No, you did the right thing. Just walk away. Yeah.
1: It's like, mm, okay. But yeah. Because cause the
0: world revolves around you but, and your but watch. But that's how, you know, people, people, that's how people
1: acted. But yeah. So then I left there and I got into veterinary medicine, which I did for, was it, I think 15 years? Wow. So I, I worked in general practice, veterinary emergency. I worked for a veterinary dermatologist, and then I got into veterinary specialty medicine.
0: Wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm sure there's a million stories you could tell from So many, like but that. we don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, the only other job that I didn't mention, well, I've, I've mentioned it before, but the hardest job, but also my favorite job, being a dad
1: Aww.
0: I wasn't trying to get that re- that that kind of a reaction from you I figured I would but it, that's not why I'm saying it but it's true like that's definitely the hardest job because I'm sure there's another cliche thing there's no manual there's no every every child is different mm-hmm. everyone's got a different personality yeah. they all have different quirks and mm-hmm. different things yeah. and it's just it's so hard because you want to do a good job but you
1: You could potentially ruin another you human could. being's life.
0: You could, of course, <laughs> if you handle stuff incorrectly, I guess. But a lot of times you don't know if you're handling it incorrectly until after the fact yeah. when you look back. So it's very stressful in that way. You want to make sure that you're doing the right things for your kids. You want to make sure you're teaching them how to how yeah. to be, you know, good upstanding people. But it's also the best because just getting to see a human that i have helped to create grow and especially lately where you've been showing me the the pictures from that app that you spoke of earlier yeah. you you've shown me these little the, the pictures from like two years ago four years ago and i'm just seeing little or five-year-old when he was like six seven months old and now just seeing how he is now or even when he was like up. two
1: and yeah hell, yeah and just
0: seeing how how he's matured and how he's how far along he's come. I mean, the kid knows the capital of every single state in the United yeah. States. He knows all 50 he states. He knows all and their 50 capitals. states, all he's their capitals. He speaking Greek. He, yeah. I mean, this is all stuff. He's so smart. Yeah. And then, you know, with he our can oldest. Read and write. Yeah. Yeah. And he hasn't even, he hasn't even in kindergarten yet. Yeah. But yeah. And just seeing how our oldest, how far he's come mm-hmm. since, since I came into his life. He was, you know, we, you and I started seeing each other when he was two. Yeah. And now he's 12 and just seeing how far he's come and then just seeing even our two year old, just seeing him go. For, you know, it's just yeah. it's the greatest thing in the world. And I'm just so thankful and grateful that I get to spend as much time with them as I do and that I get to be such a big part of their lives. It's the best job, but it's the hardest.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember thinking if I can be half as good as as a parent as my parents were with me and my brother, then I'm OK. Cause my parents were like phenomenal. They were awesome. Yeah, yeah. And if, if I can do even half of as good as a job as they did, I know I'm good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Your parents are great for yeah. sure.
1: But, and I, I, you know, props to all the stay at home parents, you know, moms or dads, like whoever stays home and takes care of the kids, that is beyond a full time job because there's no break. It's not like, Okay.
2: Yeah, The, the eight-hour day is done.
1: Yeah, there's no shifts. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's it's no shifts. Nonstop. It's just 100% all the time. Yeah. And it's hard. And I've been there and you've been there. And we we know what it's like. So props to all you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But again, it's definitely by far the hardest, but by far the best. Yes. The best. My favorite.
1: Absolutely. Far. Absolutely. By far. So
0: uh, anyhow, I think uh, this is probably a good time to uh, to. Let people know where they can find us on social media. What do you think?
1: You can find us on Twitter at HomeRecord Pod.
0: You can find us on Instagram.
1: Home Wrecker podcast.
0: And our website is
1: www.HomeWreckerPodcast.com.
0: You're like a pro. It's amazing.
1: Get it's like an audio recording. It's we like, just recorded like singing it get once smoother with Ooh. that. It's
0: great. It's just like
1: bang. Yeah. And don't forget. If you use iTunes, go on and give us five stars, please. Please, please.
0: Yeah, subscribe and give us that coveted five star review. Yes. We really appreciate Even it.
1: Even if you think maybe we're only deserving of four, just go ahead and give us the five. We'll take yeah, come it. Come on. It doesn't yeah, cost we'll you anything. We'll make up for it.
0: It doesn't cost you anything. Come yeah. on. Uh, but. What we do ask, though, aside from those things, we ask that if you enjoy listening to us every week, if you think that we bring you entertaining material, if you like listening to my beautiful, lovely wife, Mm. then please, just tell a friend. Just one person, and we want to... Slowly grow the show, word of mouth. Yes. That that is the goal. Please. Get this as big as we can. Yeah,
1: and tell us about some of the most interesting jobs you guys have had. We want to hear from you. Yes. I love interacting with our listeners.
0: Yes, so please do that, again, at all those social media channels. (laughs) What's the (laughs) the Social media. Social media. Places. Outlets. Places. (laughs) Things. Interact with us on social media. Reach out to us and, and definitely tell us some of your best and worst jobs we'd love to hear them but until next time i am the golden greek alex Arion, and i've been joined by my beautiful lovely gorgeous amazing stalker bait <laughs> trophy wife
1: monique and you've been listening to the homewrecker podcast on the wiretap radio network <laughs>
3: A working-class hero is something to be A working-class hero is something to be When they've tortured and scared you for 20-odd years Then they expect you to pick a career At the top, they are telling you still. But first, you must learn how to smile when you kill. If you want to be like the folks on the hill, a working class hero is something to be.